1: Coming up on today's show, we give Andy Reid's case for best head coach of all time. We look at where it went wrong for Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers. We take some fan questions and so much more on this Hawk and Juju two man gang episode of the Tomahawk show. I would be honored if you play football for this team. Me play football?
0: The most of you have been playing this game for 10 years. We got two more quarters
2: after that, most of you will never play this game again.
1: Why are you smiling? Because I love football. is fun. Fun, sir. Fun, sir. It's fun. You sure? What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the world-famous Tomahawk Show, presented by the good folks at the DraftKings Network and Metal Ark Media. As always, I am your host, Andrew Hawkins, typically joined by my partner in crime, Joe Thomas, Pro Football Hall of Famer. He is not here. Also, typically joined by the first lady of Tomahawk Show, Fat Nat, storied 49er fan what a coincidence she is not here <laughs> but the guy who will never let us down way Cross's favorite son my dog Juju Gotti is in the building Juju what's happening bro how you feeling today what up my brother I'm
2: feeling fantastic after a long week of Vegas it's still on me a little bit
1: but hey <laughs> here we are <laughs> hey Super Bowl in Vegas was wow you know what's crazy like typically when there's a Super Bowl and I've been to I think, 15 Super Bowls in a row. Not the game, but like the city. I've gone to the game a couple times. But anytime the Super Bowl comes to town, it typically takes over the city. This was the first time I kind of felt like Vegas consumed the Super Bowl a little bit. Like, it didn't feel like... We were there for the Super Bowl. It felt like we were in Vegas, and the Super Bowl was also visiting Vegas. You know what I'm saying?
2: Right. Like one out of every twenty people cared about the game. Yes,
1: <laughs> yes, bro. It was it was completely different. It threw me back a little bit. It also wasn't as crazy as I thought it would be. Right. I thought it would be like bananas. I got into town I think Thursday morning or Wednesday evening, but I first went out Thursday morning. Yeah. And it wasn't like it didn't get nuts until like Friday night. And typically, when the Super Bowl is in the city from like Tuesday on, it's kind of like, yo, the NFL is here. I don't know if you felt that same way, Juju. Right, I was in the streets, like, salute to everybody
2: in <laughs> Metal Art Media involved, but we have, like, all those guys are like dads, newly married, and go to sleep by 6 p.m. on East Coast <laughs> time. So I, I had my fun breaking away from them, you know what I mean, all due right. respect. And, I, th- I say at a certain time of night, it got popping, but up mm-hmm. until that time of night, it was just regular days in Vegas. Regular days in Vegas.
1: I did not get to visit the 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 the, the Leopard and Friends show set, and I didn't yeah. get an invite, and I ran into Juju, <laughs> and they were like, where you coming through? I'm like, coming through where, Juju? I didn't get no information. I didn't get a Dang. call. I didn't get a text. I didn't get an email. They ain't send no pigeon message, no nothing. Dang. So I'm just in Vegas. <laughs> Solo Dola running the streets, Juju. Is that who do I who 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 do I pick the bone with? I say Don't you pick, the
2: buck. First of all, I got a, a good brother. He is such a good brother. His name is Carl Scott. I see you you point <laughs> the finger at him first and foremost, number one. Okay, and then you holler at Dan Levitar because he gonna mm. he gonna rectify the situation. He gonna
1: rectify yeah. the situation. All right, because he
2: probably thought you were invited and didn't even know that you weren't. And you know what I mean? Because it was a lot of love out there. Like oh my, it goodness. was a lot of love. It was a lot of lust. So I know he would have loved to have you there, bro. They had the yeah. they had the tomahawk uh promo though going the whole time. Dang, big screen sick. way.
1: Dang, big screen way. And I can't even I couldn't even see it. Well, look, oh, we were there for the Super Bowl. I forget who did you pick? <laughs> did you pick the Niner game? Or did you bro, pick I, the Chiefs? Bro, I picked uh um, I think you
2: on here I picked one team like Bam Bam Niner game over <laughs> there. I picked the Chiefs. I was right somewhere.
1: Somebody <laughs> find it you flip-flop so much. I cannot find <laughs> what your actual pick was. Well, I know for sure I picked the Chiefs. And the Chiefs did come through. Patrick Mahomes did what Patrick Mahomes has typically done, and they won back-to-back Super Bowls. They are cemented as one of the football dynasties in NFL history, which is crazy. It's their third Super Bowl in four years after a repeat matchup with the 49ers. They played them a couple of years ago. With this latest victory of Mahomes, Reed, and Kelsey, Mm -hmm. in your opinion, where does that place them? as far as some of the great teams we've seen recently. Now, we obviously know the Patriots or anywhere that Tom Brady has touched down. I would throw the Cowboys in there as one of the dynasties of the recent yeah. generation. Uh, who else? I mean, there's a couple of them. What did, What was your feel after the game, watching them hoist another Lombardi trophy? I mean, Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey, they
2: just feel inevitable, you know what I mean? It's like, It's like Michael Jordan, it's like, Steph Curry, that one run is mm-hmm. something about this Chiefs team that for some reason, no matter what it looked like, it's greatness under the surface. So I think that this puts them, dare I say, I can't put them over Brady because Brady got so many rings. I don't but, know, bro. But in my, I would say the eye test, the eye test, I see that Patrick Mahomes is better than Tom Brady ever was in his entire career. Because he had Randy Moss and them. The good year that Tom Brady had, they lost in in the Super Bowl. And so I think that Tom Brady has been surpassed. But the history books and all the rings, I don't know. I don't know how yeah. the, the purists will, will count it's, that.
1: It's hard to say. I'm such a Tom Brady fan. He is the GOAT. He is the greatest of all time. But sometimes you just got to believe your eyes. Like When I was watching that game, there was never a point in the game where I thought Patrick Mahomes was going to lose. And even coming into the game, When I was on all radio row and all the shows, I was like, look, the 49ers are a better football team. Yeah, They will not win this game. You have to have everything go right for you and be mistake free and still hope for an act of God to beat Patrick (laughs) Mahomes. For whatever reason, he is just great at giving you whatever is left. And I don't want to make it seem like he was the only one who bought out, but to your point, he was inevitable. Kelsey, a 34 year old tight end, Past his physical prime right. Was inevitable The fact that they went through this season With the, like pedestrian receivers I could have been out there playing wide receiver I haven't okay, worked out this just, this just In not years that far. No, 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 Judy, you gotta hear me out here I could have been out there <laughs> <laughs> With my cholesterol as high as it is As a 38-year-old man uh, Who has not worked out in seven months And they still would have won the Super Bowl Because they have it where it matters most. And that defense, this this is a year that the defense has actually held their weight. we typically in right. past years, the Chiefs' defense has been the weakness that we've talked about leading up to these really big games. But yeah. like that being said, for someone like Spagnola who could go into that 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 game, like the, the the astounding thing for me is like we talk about how much he's a, a great defense coordinator, his in-game, uh not only preparation, but adjustments in the middle of the game. Right. But he's really playing with house money because he knows all I have to do is be aggressive. If they score or don't score, I have a quarterback on the other side of the ball who is going to go down and get points. So it's only upside. I can send pressures. I can send blitzes. I can, you know, just call plays like I'm playing Madden because push come to shove. 15 is going to get us what we need to get. So I, I again, hats off to Spagnolo and the the game plan he put together. But there is a level of just aggression that he's able to play with because he has number 15 on the other side. Right. And and they made this the 49ers made
2: like one or two mistakes and the mm-hmm. Chiefs pounced and capitalized on both of them. Punt bow, off the buddy, off buddy foot instantly his next play touchdown. The uh Block field goal. You see how it happened. Overtime, he mm. did. So I think Look, that they they've cemented themselves in the dynasty history for sure.
1: And here here's again, and this is very on par with Tom Brady. There were times when, like again, the sentiment around Tom Brady is anybody could play receiver with him. And the Man. best quarterbacks, the elite quarterbacks in our history, have that kind of skill because the the quarterback you should be getting paid so much that yes, we can put anybody out there because we can't pay any other high-level players if we're paying you as much as we are. And very rarely are quarterbacks good enough to make that argument. Like they can still win without any talent on the side. I'm not going to say these guys don't have talent because that's disrespectful to NFL football players. But at the same time, we know what the conversation has been all year around the receiving core, them dropping passes, them fumbling, them not being able to line up on sides and what have you. McCole Hardman the Jets just gave them to the Chiefs. Right. He was giving nothing to them. They were like, yeah, whatever, go back. It won't matter. And what happens? He ends up scoring the big or uh, receiving the, the biggest pass from Tom or uh, Patrick Mahomes during the game and yep. the game-winning touchdown in overtime for the Chiefs. That number is 12, too.
2: Number 12. It's, it's kind of funny seeing Miko with number 12. I don't know. It, hey. it looked kind of lame. <laughs> Him and Darren right. Waller got number
1: 12. <laughs> what it really for? is crazy, man. So when I, when I think about the Tom Brady conversation, I still feel like Tom is the GOAT, but I do feel like it's a 1A, 1B type of thing. Because Mm -hmm. even if Patrick Mahomes retired tomorrow and he only has three Super Bowls to Tom Brady's seven, the level of dominance that he's had and the amount of time that he's had that means something. Right. You know, like if it it, it, like there has to be some kind of scale to say, well, look, he's only been a starter in the league for six seasons. In those six seasons, he's never had a season where he wasn't in the AFC championship. And only two seasons he wasn't in the Super Bowl. And only half of the season he, he hasn't won the Super Bowl. Tom Brady played 21 years. If we try to get into an apples to apples comparison, he would have had to win 10 Super Bowls <laughs> in those 21 years. Yeah. Plus to equate what Patrick Mahomes is doing. Because I really think Patrick Mahomes' career is going to scale this way. Now we'll see what happens with no Andy Reid. Um, but again, we we could see the dominance that we're seeing. It's been that way from the very beginning. And if it wasn't for an offsides penalty, probably his first year starting, he probably would have five Super Bowls, which would be right. even crazier.
2: So my I question is like, be, go ahead. I think, I think it's like um like the comparison like in hip hop, Jay Z versus Tupac and Biggie. Like mm. Jay Z did it for 20, 30 years. You feel me? Still doing yep. it. And Biggie and them had that little short run, but they run was so amazing that right. bro, folks still wearing Tupac T-shirts. Folks yep. still getting Biggie's small tattoos. So it's like that impact is uh worth mentioning. You did. Man.
1: Yeah, it's it, it it's felt. All right, so let's go to the coaching. Where does Andy Reid sit for you all time as a as a head coach? Ah uh, man,
2: who who's the top? Who's it was Bill Belichick? Uh
1: bill belichick uh, lambo <laughs> i would say lambo tom landry probably
2: up there um man i i feel like andy reed does surpassed most of them everybody except bill i think andy reed done passed now and it's unfair he got patrick mahomes i get it but mm-hmm. he's putting it together These, like you said these teams ain't necessarily strong at receiver they as years they've been less than at defense on the defensive mm-hmm. side of the ball and either way it goes he coaches them boys and gets them boys motivated you see everybody was mad hey how you gonna let travis kelsey bump you like that in the game how you gonna let him yell in your face hey man they got their own dynamic man he know how to handle that <laughs>
1: they friends <laughs> you, you didn't feel anything about that that didn't make you feel away? and hey, we said lambo it's lombardi by the way i don't know a... his <laughs> close friends call him lambo that's, yeah, yeah, he... that's what Lambo. that's what we drove call a coach. lamborghini Cause I used to play for him. That's how old I am. So we used to call him Coach Lambo. That Vegas uh, is still is still wearing tearing on me. But you didn't. So you didn't feel nothing when you seen Kelsey going off. You know. Actually, we'll get we'll get to that conversation later in another. way. I don't I don't want okay. to I don't want to step on his toes to that topic. So you have Andy Reid above everybody except Bill Belichick. Yeah, at this juncture,
2: yeah, because I, he's I, still going. I'll
1: gone. give you another one. I would say, I can make the argument that Andy Reid is above Bill Belichick. Mm. and here's why or at least the trajectory i, I would say here's what andy reed would have to do to cement himself as above bill belichick to me if he wins another one next year a three-peat with patrick mahomes next year that'll be his fourth super bowl i think what belichick has six yeah as a head coach um and it would be the same argument that we just talked with tom brady but here is the differentiator for me If you look at Andy Reid's resume Mm -hmm. outside of Patrick Mahomes and you look at Bill Belichick's resume outside of Tom Brady, Mm. it pales in comparison. Damn. Reid has been in Super Bowls. He's been in multiple NFC championships with multiple quarterbacks. He is, like, cemented as a great coach no matter what. But any incredible coach always is going to have a player they point to. Belichick's legacy is tied to Tom Brady. Doesn't mean he's not an incredible coach. He is. Doesn't mean that uh, that should be a discredit for him. It shouldn't. But when you're comparing him and Andy in an apples-to-apples apples scenario, because if Andy recoaches for the next eight years, yeah, no matter how old he is, if he has Patrick Mahomes, he's going to win at least three more Super Bowls. <laughs> that is a fact of the matter, man. And, and And there's nothing wrong with admitting that. But when you look at their resume outside yeah. of their generational talent for each of them, andy reed's resume it shits on on belichick all respect to belichick but i'm just i'm just being honest
2: i'm converted like you you be putting stuff in ways that i don't even ever think about it then when you put it there i i I jump on right on your butt so yeah i'm with you brother yeah
1: rock with me rock with me all right we're gonna take a quick break when we come back we're going to talk about another coach in the super bowl and what this game may have meant for his legacy Welcome back to the Tomahawk Show. We are talking the Super Bowl with Juju Gotti here. I am your host, Andrew Hawkins, a.k.a. Hawk, as always. Look, so we've seen the 49ers take the L against Patrick Mahomes. And, of course, the conversation is going to be around everything that the 49ers did wrong. Specifically, in this game, people were up in arms around Coach Kyle Shanahan's decision to take the ball first in overtime because they say it gave Patrick Mahomes an advantage because he went into that drive knowing what he needed to get and it gave him essentially the thoughts that it was four down territory so Juju you tell me when you were watching the game and you hear the conversation where do you fall on the spectrum as it pertains to Kyle Shanahan's in-game decision making Bro, he
2: just got to keep it real, bro. He got to admit, like, bro, I didn't know what was going on. Because the more you dig this hole, you just dig him deeper and deeper. We wanted the ball third. Bro, Patrick Mahomes over there, you might not even get the ball second. You, you mess around with that boy. So, I think him, use check, everybody, they in the same boat we was, bro. I didn't know what was going on, while the game was at. I, I can admit it. I seen the clock ticking down. Nine. I'm like, what is happening? Because I wasn't listening to Tony <laughs> Romo. Tony Romo, for me, bro, it's hard for me to listen to Tony Romo over. Why? Why
1: Tony Romo taking shots, man? What do he bro, do? Tony Romo need to calm
2: down sometimes. He be, oh, Jim, and he be. It's, I don't like it, his energy sometimes, so I muted his ass. So I'm looking at the game like, what is happening? These, these boy got comfort, supreme confidence. So, the, <laughs> long story short, Kyle Shanahan, keep it real, bro. You ain't know what was going on. That's my opinion. And the more you try to lie and like you was trying to have another plan. Nah, bro. Come on home, bro. It's all just right. You the Super Bowl. Yeah, bro. You just
1: messed up. Look, I, I didn't. I actually don't mind the decision to take the ball first. Here's why. If in the event, well, the the more concerning thing was that other players didn't know the rules, right? right? And I didn't know the rules either, so I'm not pointing the figure, but I'm also not playing in the Super Bowl, so whatever. <laughs> exactly. But the fact that the players didn't know the rules is more of an issue than his decision to take the ball first. You know, you could say, okay, I wanted the ball third if we score or whatever, but I would also say that players, some players play better. Without the pressure on him, right, right. And if, if if Mahomes goes down there and score scores, maybe Brock Purdy in this offense isn't isn't as smooth. There are teams, there are players that play better whenever the press the heat is not on. So in that respect, you got to know your team. I can't wait till players biometric data becomes public, and that's like when you see players' heart rate and you know what's going on inside of them, like the game within the game. Because as as fans. That will, Terminator
2: 3 is you talking about? Yeah, God, man, don't you mean. don't
1: know. So basically you wear like there's like wearables, like watches or, you know, things that we would put in our chest that would measure your heart rate in a moment. So Damn. it could tell you when somebody is feeling the pressure and the people who are cold as ice, their 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 their, their heart rate and pressure don't oh. rise in the craziest situation. So in that moment, we would be able to say like, yo, this dude is super nervous. Right. Absolutely. You don't. He can't play. He plays better. there's no pressure on them that's a real thing and that's like again the elements within the game but we're we're probably a couple seasons away from that but i was okay with the fact that they took the ball first to be aggressive um but like i said i'm not okay with the fact that the players had no idea about the overtime rules and in their mind they were going to go down there score a touchdown and the game was going to be over in the playoffs with the new rule change that is not the case when yeah, I say
2: third and four, though, Derek, their decision, that play that they backpedaling and all out blitz almost at third and four, it doesn't seem like they was taking it as serious as I thought they would. Like, you're supposed to call the player your life in those situations, even on fourth and four. That's Patrick Mahomes over there, bro. Like, I feel like they could have – Kyle could have skinned them boys a little bit differently in my yeah. opinion, on the couch, at home.
1: <laughs> I don't know how you do it, though, man. I, I think that's the conundrum around Patrick Mahomes. I remember watching him on The Shop years ago after his first Super Bowl, and he told Braun and them that he's still learning how to read defenses. And man. everybody was like, oh, that's Cap. But no, it wasn't, because you could even see the way he plays now versus then. Yeah, He knows, even when he's improvising, exactly where the ball goes. And there's and there just some players, like these elite players, who know a defense that well and there's not a lot of them that could just have a natural feel like if you've ever seen on the internet a baby who is two years old and knows how to read or like a three-year-old who can do like trigonometry that's not something you can teach a two-year-old or a (laughs) three-year-old they just their brain composition in a perfect way was built for those things mathematics or reading and, and and comprehension like it's just luck of the draw Their brainwaves and their uh, mental makeup was perfectly composed for that. What I'm perfectly composed for is finding a hole in the defense. I can get the ball on my hand. I don't need to think about where I cut. I never have. Like, and there's some people that do that. When you get to the NFL level, most of those guys are like that. I just feel it. I know where the holes are going to be before they happen. And I so happen to have the quickness and speed to hit them, but it was just a feel thing always for me. Well you know what I'm perfectly
2: what, composed for? What you perfectly composed for, you
1: Picking the shopping cart
2: at, at target without the squeaky wheel on it. I can you already sit there know. finding the right one. Gifted.
1: <laughs> Gifted from an early age. So <laughs> yeah. when it comes to Patrick Mahomes, he kind of has that. Like everyone's like, well, why is he so good? He's not, you know, super, doesn't seem super athletic. He's, you know, he's built like a gas station attendant. Well, <laughs> he's perfectly born and composed. To be able to throw a football and know, just have a feel for where the holes in the defense are. And there's not very many quarterbacks like that. I would say um, Joe Burrow is like that. C.J. Stroud mm-hmm. has that ability. Um, R.O.Y. Stafford sometimes, but there's just very, very few quarterbacks. Tom Brady obviously had it. Um, Aaron Rodgers has it. Like they just always, they just know. I tell you, to who go don't have. I know who don't have it. We got a log list of people that don't get it. Desmond Ritter is the leader in that uh, category. (laughs) (laughs) He ain't got it. That's messed up. (laughs) Well, well, like I said, so Patrick Mahomes, you can't really game plan for him. And even late in the game when it's four from one, he's like, I'm just going to run it. And then he got that that tick that, (laughs) okay, they're not covering me. I'm just going to rush. That man rushed for 66 yards. It's like one of his best rushing games ever in the Super Bowl simply because he knows, well, if you're taking this and this and this away. I know this is the answer. So until you guard this, I'm just going to do this. And once you try to take that away, I know where this hole opens back up. Most quarterbacks, even though they're NFL level, even though they might be incredible players, they don't have that in-game ability that Patrick Mahomes has. And so I I just, I'm reluctant. I feel like with Kyle Shanahan, the conversation, yes, team should have been prepared. Yes, you got to be perfect. But as we've watched him go through these moments, Tom Brady, In the 28-3 lead um, The last time he played Patrick Mahomes These double digit leads that he loses Against these generational players Mm. We're we're like Just trying to find the littlest thing To point to of why The loss is there when the actual answer is And he kind of alluded to it In a post game like Yo it's Mahomes and Tom Brady What the (laughs) hell you expect me to do If you know anybody out there That can do any better please Send them over because what the hell can you do against these players? And I, I kind of feel the same way.
2: I know what you could do in the third quarter, run the damn ball. I mean, I'm from the couch. You know what I mean? From I mean, the couch, look,
1: bro. It was it's,
2: three or oh, two, two consecutive three and outs passing.
1: You there did? is, there is like a, it's a damned if you do. I watch NFL Live, yeah, and they talking about yo, you needed to be more aggressive. Where where was your big-time plays? When he played Tom Brady against the Falcons, it yeah. was, why weren't you still throwing the ball? Why were you running the ball so much? Why were you being too aggressive? You were trying to do too, and it's, <laughs> you were too conservative. So you really are damned if you don't damned if you do because if he runs the ball and it doesn't work you're not being aggressive enough and you have to be aggressive against Mahomes when he's trying to be aggressive it's run the ball Mm -hmm. man this is the game just kill the clock what are you doing and that's the whole point i'm trying to make i think cal shanahan is an incredible coach it's Mm -hmm. illustrated by how often he's in the nfc championship and in the super bowl but much like a lot of these quarterbacks in the afc in the nfc like josh allen would have been a hall of famer too soon. Already. Too soon. If he was born in another era. I'm sorry. Too soon. Joe Burrow, who knows what his career will be. I will say he's one of the few quarterbacks that stares down the barrel of the Pat Mahomes gun and yeah. he don't he don't flinch at all. So who knows what will happen, but any of these quarterbacks would have already had Super Bowls if Patrick Mahomes was five years younger or five <laughs> years older. And Kyle Shanahan would be in a conversation with Andy Reid and and start to be in a Bill Belichickian type conversation, if Patrick Mahomes didn't exist. But that's the nature of business.
2: I say if he would have he would have been there, I think they would have won last year if um if Purdy didn't get hurt last year. I feel yeah. like they were more equipped to win last year, but neither here nor there. You say he damned if he do it, damned if he don't. I tell you when he's not damned, if he finds a way to get the job done and win a Super Bowl. So if he do that, then he won't be damned, and we'll get off his back.
1: Yeah, hopefully hopefully he can do that. How did you feel about Brock Purdy's game? You feel like Brock Purdy, you know, a lot of conversation around Brock Purdy. Everybody act like he, you know, he was a plumber that they signed off the street, but I thought he played damn good in the Super Bowl.
2: Right. I think he he didn't lose in the game, which is what you want. Like he didn't throw the ball away. He didn't have any untimely fumbles. He didn't like make any bum bonehead decisions. I feel right. like he was great in that game. Maybe not great, but he did enough to win the game in that game.
1: Mm-hmm. I don't I don't blame him at all for anything. So who do you blame? Who needed to play better in that game in in your opinion? Cuz it can't all be on Cal in hand. That's the easy answer because he's the head coach. But I
2: mean I mean, there there were some times where I feel like IU didn't get involved enough. Uh, so a lot of the stuff that was timing, right? So with Debo was thrown off by McDuffie and them boys. So it's like, it was just a lot to compute. Like you said, Brock Purdy may not have that computer installed just yet that Patrick Mahomes, and they threw mm-hmm. him so many different looks that it was kind of, and then you got big Chris Jones in your face every, <laughs> somebody, please, anybody shoot him. <laughs> so <laughs> at some point, I think that the scheme around it was more valuable than the actual players
1: in this scenario. We needed him. We needed George Kidder to have a big game. Right. You needed you needed uh, Debo Samuel to have a big game. You needed Ayuk to have a big game. Yes. And the reality is, for all the conversation around Brock Purdy and them saying how he has so much talent that's around him and that's the reason for his success, he kind of was one of the only people to bring his A game. And I would right. say McCaffrey. Obviously, McCaffrey bought out and you know, probably a heavier dose of him. And Jennings. Jennings, and Super Gen- Bowl MVP. Yeah, <laughs> he was, game he was on ended. his way. Oh, my God. He, he was on his way. He was definitely on his way. This, The Green Law, when the Green Law thing happened, mm. that's when I was like, okay, this just right. ain't their day. The fact that this happens in this way, in the Super Bowl, if this would have happened in on a uh, on any other field, everyone will be talking about, this is why we got to get rid of the turf. I don't right. even know if that is, is grass is it is the vegas field grass yeah it was grass it was it has outside to be. Yeah. you know how you know how i know it's grass because yeah. i didn't see it i didn't see a single tweet from anybody right. saying about how the nfl doesn't care about their players and they need to change the surfaces could right. you imagine if that took place on turf bro oh my god they would have been calling the roger goodell them. would still be in jail today bro <laughs> he would he they would have gave him life without parole in a five-day period in vegas we will be fighting i would be out marching right now for, yep. for roger goddad to get him out of prison so yep. i don't know i mean i'm the wrong person to talk to because i always feel like that conversation is overstated by a bunch of people who it don't matter if you play on turf or grass you was probably going to tell your achilles anyway because you ain't that level of athlete but anyway we're gonna take a quick break and when we come back we're gonna get into uh one of our favorite segments facts or cats Welcome back to the Tomahawk Show. It's time to get into a little facts or cap. It's a segment where me and Juju will go through a topic, give the background on the topic, and pose it as a statement and ask, is this facts or is this cap? And if you've been living under a rock, cap means that is lie, that is false, that shit ain't real. All right, Juju, get us started. <laughs> Super Bowl edition of Facts or Cap. Also, if you've been living under a rock, I'm not as great as a
2: reader as Queen Fat Nat. Here nah, we go. We ain't
1: we ain't gotta we ain't gotta <laughs> qualify that man. You read it how you read it, Juju. All right. The Chiefs traded Tyreek Hill, benched
2: Kadarius Tony, and won back-to-back Super Bowls. Facts are cap. It doesn't matter who's receiving. Mahomes is gonna find a way.
1: Yes, that is facts, but only for Mahomes. So if you were other teams out there. Please don't take the bait. Please (laughs) do not go into this free agency letting your number one and number two receivers walk, not (laughs) drafting wide receivers early, feeling like, oh, you don't really need a big-time receiver to win a Super Bowl. Now, I do agree. You don't need a number one, pay him $50 million a year guy. But that means your quarterback has to be that guy. And that Mm -hmm. means your receiving core as a whole has to have a chemistry. And your O coordinator better be a top two guy. If you don't have all of those things, pay that man. Pay that man or you're going to be fired. You're going to be on an unemployment line. You're going to be uh, on Black Monday in a, a very, very soon because you don't have the most important part of that equation, which is Patrick Mahomes. The fact that he won a Super Bowl is crazy. Yes, his receiving core probably ranks in the bottom five in a lot of categories, but he is the best quarterback, most talented quarterback to ever pick up the pigskin, so please, again, do not fall for the bait, Juju. Am I right? And, you're right. And the reach a
2: shoot a video, like Sure night that one time. Are you tired of your wide receiver one being a diva, <laughs> all in the videos, <laughs> hollering at your quarterback on the sidelines? Come to death row. <laughs> None of that happened over here, man. Be damn. Next crazy, question, man. man. Next question. What we got? AJ Brown and Tyreek Hill insinuated on Twitter that they would be kicked out of the league if they yelled at the coach the way Travis Kelsey exploded at Andy Reid. Facts are cap?
1: Ah, <laughs> oh, man, this might be facts too, bro. I was, <laughs> I was watching, I'm my, my son is 11. He's turning 12 tomorrow, actually. Shout out to Austin, happy birthday. Hey. Um, but he, we were watching the game And we're big Travis Kelsey fans Travis Kelsey's my man I'm still a huge Travis Kelsey fan But he's yeah. an impressionable kid That shit matters to him When he was watching the game He was like "Ah, oh, man I don't Now nah, I don't want Travis Kelsey to win And oh. that That is the key You know Like that stuff matters And I was watching it Damn. I didn't care as much But I did think to myself I can't imagine If uh, Stefan Diggs Did that to the head coach In the right. Super Bowl Oh wow Oh wow I can't imagine if Tyreek Hill or A.J. Brown went and yelled and almost knocked the head coach over. Now, they have a great relationship, Andy Reid and Travis Kelsey, so it is a little bit different. But on the surface, without that context, absolutely, A.J. Brown and Tyreek Hill would be sitting in the same jail that (laughs) Roger Goodell was in if Greenlaw would have tore his Achilles on a turf field. They would all be in the clink at the same time, and we'd be wearing – free brown healing Goodell shirts on (laughs) this podcast at the moment, Juju.
2: Right. And then uh, 49ers, bless their hearts. They was before the games uh, last two weeks. Oh, my goodness. I I hate to do this with my sister. We love Natalie, bro. We do. You know, before the game, she tweeting, "Uh uh-oh, a ladybug just landed on my damn knee. You know what that (laughs) means. Boy, y'all had the unluckiest Super Bowl (laughs) in the history of the world. (laughs) Well, I'm neither here nor there. I'm going to move on. (laughs) On Twitter, Will Compton wrote, The NFL is basically the WWE now. All scripted. Fixed. They pick who they want to win, and it's all for entertainment. And honestly, I don't even know why I watch or care so much. It's all fake. Facts are capped.
1: That is cap number one, and it's also (laughs) cap that this is even a topic. Like you got to know Will Compton's brand. He wants to stir up trouble. He's a he's a former Raider, so he wants to discredit anything the Chiefs do (laughs) that has context. He's also one of the biggest clowns in NFL history, and I don't mean that as a diss. I mean that as a literal class clown. The dude is ridiculous on so many levels. He is hilarious. The NFL is not WWE. Now, I don't know, I could, there's still human error in places. I don't know who the refs wanna win in the game. Right. I know I typically have teams <laughs> that I root for. I don't know if it will come through in my work. I can't speak to that. But as someone who played in the NFL and was a part of multiple losing seasons, one in 15 level seasons, I would not have signed up for this script. Okay, yeah. that, is, that is just me. So <laughs> that's all I can say, Juju. Moving on. <laughs> legendary tight end legendary Chargers tight
2: end Antonio Gates who played 16 years and whose 116 touchdown receptions are the most by a tight end in the NFL history was not named a first ha- uh, not named the first ballot hall of famer facts are cap the commission
1: got this wrong <sighs> this is the hardest one i think i'm going to go with cap not that mm. not because Antonio Gates isn't a first ballot hall of famer he is he should be But even looking at the names that got in, I don't know who you take out to put him in over. Dwight Freeney, that feels like a first ballot Hall of Famer. Andre Johnson, I mean, he was the most, one of the most dominant receivers of this generation for a very long time. Julius Peppers, dominant. Patrick Willis. I mean, Devin Hester revolutionized the the returner position. Right. You know, like this is, so it's not that I don't think Antonio Gates is good enough to be a first ballot hall of famer he should have been but the reality is you only got five spots i don't know
2: it's hard he one of them guys bro because he's he's solid but you put him up against these flashy flashy guys it's hard to be like oh yeah the the algae crumplers of the world like yeah they right now nah, for sure but for sure
1: but- you know what? And, and and the Devin hester one Like, I'm glad he got in. I was hoping he got in because you can't really tell the NFL story without him. He was dominant at a position that typically doesn't affect the game in that way. And I would even say, here goes my take on returners in the NFL and also just in general, watching that, like, 49ers game. Yeah. We should just do away with returners. returners. I think I want to coach, and I got this from a buddy of mine, and I, I agree with him, We should just get rid of punt returners. I would rather them get an extra roster spot for the punt returner somewhere else. They would just um, rush an extra guy on the punt, let the ball land land where it lands, either try to block the punt Uh or just let the ball land and just take over because it's too high risk. Yeah, I mean, yes, you catch a punt and it turns into like five-yard return. Every, what, one every eight, nine, ten, twelve games, you yeah. may score a touchdown on it most returners aren't devin hester so unless you have a devin hester style and ability returner i would say don't put a punt returner back there just go for a block every time make them yeah. block it force the punt to not be as good and you're probably landing the same space and it, it's also safer because at the end of every possession you'll walk away with the football right because more
2: more people get hurt on them punt returns than any other thing bro. It be yeah. People just blocking on the sideline, pull up, ah, or just the angle. So yeah, you're right, bro. It's it's totally barbaric. That person's yeah. computer has to run at such a high speed. That's why Devin Hester getting in the Hall of Fame as that. You already know his computer is what you was talking
1: about earlier with patching. Yeah, no, Hosea. it's it's, a, it's at a whole different level. And I will say, <laughs> Juju, I don't care about it being barbaric. Okay. And I think most that's a, that's another point that I feel like a lot it's lost on a lot of the media. Yeah, like. We don't care about it being barbaric. You got to understand. This is this is football players. This is who we are. Yeah. I'm not saying it's like a, you know, it's not something for everybody to understand, but I can't I can't stress enough like I have no problem with physicality. And yeah. it's just who I've always been. It's just, you know, and every football player I know is the same way. Like, yeah, we don't want to get hurt. Right. We're okay with it. Right. We don't want to <laughs> fight. But we're okay with it like and 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 sometimes we do want to fight and i'm not gonna lie mm-hmm. there's been and times I... i've wanted to get hurt oh damn <laughs> well, breaking, I... news. Yeah, <laughs> breaking news yeah <laughs> breaking news <laughs> the situation is it's funny because i there was uh i would be in a, uh on teams that we would have a rookie for undrafted free agent okay Man. undrafted free agent and you know you go to training camp with like 90 guys there's only 53 guys that can make the team. And yeah. so there are certain guys you know coming in, like you are a practice dummy. Not only will you not make this team, you will bounce around to multiple teams, and you will never make the teams Damn. because you just don't got what it takes. And there have been multiple times where that kid, I've watched him break an ankle, mm. pull something. Do this, and it's like, and they're so devastated because we're all like for this quest. But man. me and my 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 graduate level brain of knowing how this business works and seeing certain abilities, I say, buddy, you just got a three hundred thousand dollar check that you were not <laughs> going to get. That is the that was the best ankle break of your life. Congratulations, <laughs> my friend. <laughs> you are now a one hundred thousand dollar heir. Oh um, <laughs> yeah, but all right, what we got next, man? I'm too am too many codes away
2: here, bro. Right. Too many secrets. <laughs> too many on, secrets. On a podcast, Max Crosby said that John Gruden threatened to cut him because he was swatting too many balls in practice. Is that facts
1: or cap? That's, that's facts. I can see John Gruden doing that. The For way really? John Gruden coached, yeah, man, yeah. It's like because they want their offense to go, and, like, when you're in practices, they will tell you, like, don't bat balls down. Especially, uh, yeah. I, I don't know if this – he might have been on the scout team of something. Right. And so yeah. like when you, when the offense is out there, they're trying to get a rhythm going and the scout team is you just stay out. You, you give them a look, but you stay out of the way. Like they don't want you to actually make plays. It's not how practice works. Yeah. Like you try to get a rhythm, you try to do things. So I can definitely see him continuing to swap balls down, trying to make a name for himself and the offensive of coordinator slash head coach, p- coach getting pissed off about it, especially how John Gruden is. He is a very yeah. old school way of coach where he doesn't give a damn, about any of that all he cares is about what he cares about which is why you know I question whether or not he could coach in this era but that does not surprise me at all and I would almost guarantee that that's the truth yeah he does have an
2: old school way of seeing and doing things (laughs) neither here nor there (laughs) according to the internet since 2012 no team has lost to Kirk Cousins in a regular season and has won the Super Bowl that same year facts are capped the Cousins curse is real.
1: No, I don't think it's a curse. I think it just says what kind of team you are, man. You can't be out here losing to Kirk Cousins and then you're going gonna to horse the Lombardi or the Lambo, as we call it here. On, the Lambo, on the baby. Show. You can't be hoisting the Lambo here or you know, losing to Kirk Cousins. I don't think that's a curse. I think that's more of a litmus test. Like, oh, damn, we ain't got it. And that's no shout out. That's no, that's no knock to Kirk. Kirk is a great quarterback. But Kirk has always been like, quarterback number 15 in the league like it's like if you if you got a quarterback below Kirk Cousins yeah you probably don't got a guy if you got a quarterback above Kirk Cousins you got a chance if you put the right guys around him, they could win a Super Bowl Kirk is that line so that's just the reality of who Kirk Cousins is (laughs) I say no disrespect but that might sound a little disrespectful huh
2: I'm about to say I'm over here hearing it and from where my angles ears Put i down. think that's
1: disrespectful yeah it might it <laughs> might okay we'll figure it out in a break we're going to take a quick break when we come back we're going to get into some extra points here on this super bowl recap edition of the tomahawk show
2: yes, y'all, and we don't stop.
1: welcome back to the super bowl recap edition of the tomahawk show brought to you by the good folks at the DraftKings network and meadowlark media uh it's time to get into some pick six it's one of my favorite segments so pick six is where we ask the Flock to send us questions, and we answer them right here on air. We give them a shout-out, and we talk about what they've asked. So I'm going to let Juju read these as well. Our first question comes from Defta Saris, a.k.a. Gabe. What we got, Juju?
2: <laughs> My whole back starts sweating as soon as you say you want me to read again. <laughs> Come what on, baby. You upgra- got it. <laughs> <laughs> what upgrades do the Browns have to make to beat the Chiefs or the Ravens in the AFC?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. I would say it's tough because the Browns are already very, very talented. They have one of the best defenses in the league. They have the defensive player of the year. They got incredible on the back end. They're great on the second level. Yeah. If you look on the offense. If Nick Chubb gets healthy and comes back, they have one of the best running backs. They have pretty good receiving options. Amari Cooper is as good as any receiver that you'll get. Again, they're not like the Chiefs you know, receiving core, by any stretch, they have good players. Elijah Moore, I think, is solid. And Joku is a Pro Bowl Bowl tight end. It really comes down to if Deshaun Watson can get back to Deshaun Watson, that's it. That's the only upgrade they need. If Deshaun Watson can take another step and be the Deshaun Watson that we saw in Houston when he was a top three, two quarterback, Mm -hmm. the Cleveland Browns have a chance. And that's the best you can do is have a chance when you're talking about Patrick Mahomes and a two-time, two two two-time MVPs and Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson. That's just the reality.
2: Big salute to Stefanski and them boys. Big salute. Uh, This is from Kay Young or no, this is from at Steve underscore Naismith. Mm. Thoughts on on the Dorsey hire. What Mm -hmm. kind of offense do you expect with four and 24 back? Do you think we can see a significant drop in production, change the scheme on the OL losing Callahan? Mm. Or have we built enough of a culture in that room to keep it going?
1: I'm in the middle. I think that there's going to be, I think if you take any one of those things in isolation, you'll be fine. I think what I'm curious of is all those factors Mm. being a thing, right? Like, so four coming back. Nick Chubb coming back. Callahan, they, what they lost on the O-line is significant because he's one of the best run run and offensive line coaches in the league, yeah. if not the best, like, historically. Um, so that matters. And Dorsey, when he was in Buffalo, and I would watch their offense, they they would just lacked identity. And I don't know if he was overcompensating for what Josh Allen was doing, but we've seen Joe Brady come in and have success. So that's what makes me question Ken Dorsey is that I felt like a lot of times their offense felt sporadic. So -hmm. if you bring in an offensive coordinator who wants to throw the ball all over the yard, at least that's what he did with Josh Allen, and it did feel a little sporadic, which could work depending on your personnel, but you couple that with the fact that the O-line lost their directional guide for all the success that they were having over the previous years, I do feel like it could get a little chaotic. If nothing else, at a bare minimum, it's going to take probably five to six games to lock down what the identity is. And your hope is that you can speed that up by a game or two. But your worst nightmare is that you spend a considerable amount of time not figuring it out with all those factors, with number four coming back from injury, Nick Chubb coming back from injury, you know, old linemen that are coming back and into a new offensive line coach and, and system with Ken Dorsey. There's just a lot of factors that don't typically bode well. But on the other end of that, and I've said this, I think the culture of the Browns has changed. It's a different Browns team than it was because the fact that they were still an 11-win football team, they cleaned up in the awards with comeback player of the year, and we'll talk about that in a moment, with defensive player of the year, um, coach of the year, because of all the factors that were thrown at them. Typically, if everything was perfect for the Browns, we would find a way to, (laughs) to piss it down our leg. But the fact <laughs> that they continue to win, they continue to fight, and they continue to be in it under those circumstances is the best evidence you have that the culture has changed. So that's really what you're going to ride and hope that that speeds the development up of all these new factors on the offensive side of the ball.
2: Yeah, yeah. Thank you for your service, Big Brother Callahan. You will be missed. Now, <laughs> for the most important question that we have on here
1: from at Gurg's, Parks Tower, The Quad, mm. or Carter Hall? Come on, that's a, that's an easy one, Juju. You don't know in them Toledo streets. You <laughs> weren't, you wasn't there, bro. But I was it's, it's Parks Tower. Absolutely, okay. it's a freshman dorm at Toledo. Typically, the freshmen all gotta stay there. It's this huge, huge building. <laughs> you know, everybody you got the roommates, but it's where you, it's where you get your get your teeth and you learn. You learn yeah. about who you are. You know what I'm saying? I actually, my production company is named after that. So my production really? company name is Parks Tower Studios. So, Gergs, mm-hmm. if you didn't know that. I'm 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 Parks Tower all day, my boy. You know? <laughs> all right.
2: you I already do? know you was hell on wheels in that Parks Tower. <laughs> no, I don't want to see you back in them days. All right, this is from Jesse Unk. What is it like knowing you're an elite talent at your position, but your position's impact on the game isn't major? How do you deal with the frustrations of a bad QB, RB, etc., who may touch the ball more than you? More than your elite players would. I almost made it. Dang.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um. <clears throat> I would think, I mean, that's just football. And I think that's what, like, and again, I'm going to keep bringing it back to Patrick Mahomes because I want to make sure everybody understands. Like, yeah, we know he wins. Yeah, we know he can throw. Yeah, we know he can read defenses. But there is such a, like, the reason why these Tom Brady conversations and these GOAT conversations are happening at this juncture is because football is the greatest game in the world, especially in our country, because your success is tied to somebody else. Right. Exclusively, mostly all the time. The fact right. that Joe Thomas is a first ballot Hall of Famer, having been literally the biggest loser in NFL history is significant <laughs> because that means they were go into games knowing well. there's one player that we know is going to be on his job. And he's going to neutralize one of our best players all game. And that's Joe Thomas. Mm-hmm. Right. But typically, we're just tied together. A receiver can't be good without a good quarterback. A quarterback can't be good without a good receiver and a good O-line. A defensive lineman can't be good without good linebackers. A linebacker can't be good without a good D-line, and a D-line can't do good without good corners. And it's just like it's all tied together, which is just crazy, and you go into it, and that's where you get the frustration because every player feels like if I'm in the right situation – I could be this guy or that guy. And there is truth to that. There are guys that we talk about as Hall of Fame guys. There is guys that we talk about as borderline and great career guys that were put in the great situation. And that's just the luck of the draw. The same way that you know these players won the genetic Olympics or the genetic lottery, really what it is is, you know, there are players that win the situational lottery as it pertains to your career. And that's just the give and take balance of it all. And the reason why Patrick Mahomes is so great. Is because more than any player I've ever seen, his success is tied to him. It doesn't yeah. mean it's all him. He has an incredible coach. He has the best tight end in history. But I would ask you, do I is 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 Mahomes the same person without Kelsey? I don't think so. So there is some element to that, but he's he's still pretty good for sure. Is Kelsey the same tight end if he if he gets drafted and has to play with Johnny Mansell? I don't oh, know. Wow. You know what I'm saying? That one. I can answer that one for you. Uh, He's still a great end. tight end. He's still an incredible tight end. He's still a Hall of Fame caliber. But is he to the level that we've seen? I don't know. So there always is some like luck of the draw to it. But there's these players that you see that go anywhere and, and are successful. And to me, I put those guys a cut above. I will always go to bat for DeAndre Hopkins because I've seen the quarterbacks he played with. And he, right. cut his, he grit his teeth with quarterbacks that most guys in this generation don't even remember their names that's special that is hard to do so you just understand and know that that's a part of it um but the best the best the best you know they still get the, they still they still get it in even regardless of who's on the other other side or who who they are tied to for their success i feel you that's exactly how
2: they talk about me at the target Mm -hmm. when i'm picking out carts for sure this is this is from producer jeff and i rebuke this question in the name of whoever you believe in (laughs) <laughs> Which NFL team is going to give Juwan Jennings the payday of a lifetime? And why is it the Carolina Panthers?
1: Don't <laughs> oh wish God. that on my boy. <laughs> the, hey, this is the last question we'll answer because we got to get up out of here. But I will say I had no idea who Juan Jennings was before he came out and said, I bet you Jalen Hurts wishes he had me. And there was no better marketing because it made me pay attention to him. And here we are after the Super Bowl. And if they would have won, my boy would have got the Super Bowl MVP. So yes. I do hope the Carolina Panthers overpay him. And and yeah, he's gonna probably not have a good time there because they are trash. But he's earned that, and that's the idea. They ain't gonna pay me in San Francisco. <laughs> I needed to go get my money in Carolina. So Juan Jennings, way to ball out. Way to live up to the hype that you created. Uh. Because now we all know your name. All right. And that does it <laughs> for this episode of the Tomahawk show. Again, thank you to our good friends at the DraftKings Network and Metalog Media. Shout out to my dog Juju Gotti for holding it down on a on a two-man mission right now. Shout out to Joe Thomas, Fat Nat. I know you're still mourning. There is always next year. There will always just be next year when it comes to gangbang niner gang. Um Whoa, what, and, what what, yeah, what gang? You, you, missed a, you, you missed a lot last show, Juju. You missed a lot this week. It, it got out of hand. Um, and then also, make sure you check us out on Leopardard Show YouTube and DraftKings Network at 4 p.m. on Wednesdays. We'll be back same time, same place. Till next time, Juju, you think you got what it takes to take us out? Joe Hawk Yourself.